Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Welcome back to another episode of Twisted News. We're right in time for Halloween. We have a sinister case to tell you about that occurred on All Hallows' Eve back in 1984, the details of which will make you think twice about opening your door for trick-or-treaters. And then, thanks to a new podcast, one of Scotland's most notorious and unsolved serial killings, being looked into once again. That's the story of Bible John. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number 1. The Wolf at the Door On the chilly evening of Halloween back in 1984, the atmosphere in San Jose, California was tinged with the electricity that comes about on All Hallows' Eve. Ghouls, witches, and zombies of every kind wandered the streets looking for candy. And while it was all fun and games for the most part, in the midst of this eerie celebration, a real-life horror was about to unfold. Charles and Doreen Herbert were at home that night to greet the trick-or-treaters. Doreen was pregnant, so they opted to stay in for the evening with their four-year-old daughter, Deanna, who was enjoying the excitement. Her eyes wide with wonder at every knock at the door. Another trick-or-treater, another scary costume to marvel at. When the figure of a big bad wolf appeared at their doorstep, the fun all stopped and something awful happened. 31-year-old Doreen 
with her daughter by her side opened the door and that's when the man wearing the mask stepped inside. His demeanor was overpowering. When Doreen told him to get out, he said to her that he was there to end her. Doreen yelled at her daughter to go hide. The girl ran behind the couch, scared for her life, as a struggle between the mother and the wolf ensued. When Charles returned home from a brief errand, he walked into a scene of unimaginable terror. Blood was everywhere, on the walls and furniture, with the lifeless body of his unborn child lying on the floor. Charles thought his wife had miscarried at first, that is, until he saw her severed hand lying nearby. He then found his wife clinging to life behind the couch near her unharmed daughter. An ambulance arrived and unfortunately, Doreen died on the way to the hospital. The wolf mask that the perpetrator wore was left behind by the front door. And the investigation at first pinned the murder on Charles as he was covered in his wife's blood. He was arrested but then let go because his alibi checked out and it was clear he was traumatized from the entire event. But that's when police started looking at Doreen's ex-husband as the possible perpetrator, 37-year-old William Dennis. See, William and Doreen had married back in 1975 and had a son named Paul together. But by 1977, the two were headed for divorce. A custody battle ensued where William was only allowed to see his boy on weekends, which was hard on the father. Meanwhile, his ex found a new love and started a happy life and family together, which ate away at William. In 1980, when Paul was almost four years old, he fell into the pool in the backyard of Doreen's new home and drowned. William filed a wrongful death suit against the Herberts, and when he lost, went to his lawyer's office and let out a guttural cry while lying on the floor in the fetal position. This man was broken. The murder weapon, though it never materialized, based on the savagery of the attack, the police believe that either a machete or a sword was used. A very personal weapon for a very personal attack. When police approached William and told them of the news of the attack, his response was, You're kidding. Authorities noticed his hand wrapped in blood-soaked bandages, which he explained was from a kitchen mishap. He'd been playing with a knife and it landed wrong in his hand. William gave them permission to search his home where they found bloodstains and a pair of jeans and a set of keys. And inside his truck was more blood and tests would show that some of the stains belonged to the victim and similarly, blood found at the crime scene belonged to William. The image of that wolf mask, cartoonish and sinister all at once, became a symbol of a soul corrupted, a testament to the tragedy that unfolded. William had fantasized for years about getting revenge he felt was due until he finally executed his plan that Halloween night. William was found guilty on first-degree murder charges of his wife and second-degree murder charges on her and Charles's baby. And currently, at 73 years old, he still sits on San Quentin's death row. As for Charles and Deanna, every passing Halloween is a journey back to that terrible evening, a night where masks and myths gave way to a horrifying reality. In the echoes of that tragedy, they stand, a poignant reminder that though monsters walk among us, 
so too does an indomitable strength unbowed by the horrors of that fateful night when a wolf came knocking at the door. Number two, the unmasking of Bible John. In the shadows of Glasgow's modern hustle and bustle, a haunting story from the past lurked, untouched and largely forgotten. It was a series of gruesome murders and cold cases that left an indelible mark on the city's memory. But decades later, a call to Alan Motley rekindled the dormant embers of the horrifying tale of Bible John, a serial killer who evaded capture and seemed destined to remain an enigmatic phantom. Alan's mother, Jemima MacDonald, was one of the three victims, alongside Helen Buttock and Patricia Docker, whose lives were brutally cut short in the late 1960s after nights out at Glasgow's Barrowland Ballroom. And they were linked to an elusive killer, dubbed Bible John, who, according to lore and fragmented testimonies, quoted scripture and ranted about adultery before he disappeared into the city's foggy nights, leaving behind an aura of terror and mystery. He assaulted his victims before strangling them. While he's never been caught, many suspects have been talked about as possibly the ones responsible. But recently, journalist Audrey Gillen's groundbreaking podcast, Bible John, Creation of the Serial Killer, ushered the haunting specter of the past back into the light. It unraveled a sinister tale of alleged police cover-up that implicated senior police chief John Beatty in shielding the likely killer, John Irvin McInnes, the cousin of another senior officer, Jimmy McInnes. Because of this, the case is now being looked into once again. As Allen absorbed the news of the case's re-examination by Scottish police, a mix of emotions surged. There were two sides, a mix really of revisited trauma as well as a glimmer of hope for justice and closure. More than 7,000 people have been interviewed in the original investigation, yet the name John Irvin McInnes remained conspicuously absent from official records. The revelation that McInnes, who passed away in 1980, was the likely suspect, shook the foundations of the long-standing mystery. McInnes himself was a religious man who liked to go dancing on the weekends and lived in the area during the time of the crimes. Although the case's reopening didn't promise absolute resolution, with McInnes's DNA test from 1995 having been inconclusive, it offered a semblance of justice and the prospect of answers to the tormented families and a city held hostage by the shadow of Bible John. It's a great listen, so go check it out for yourselves if you're interested in the story. Because of it, police are now embarking on the task of reevaluating the evidence and grappling with the complex legacy of one of Scotland's most notorious and unresolved serial killer cases. Amid the unraveling narrative of institutional cover-ups and secrets buried deep, Alan and many like him await answers. Answers that could offer closure to a chapter of Glasgow's history shrouded in terror, mystery, and an unsettling silence. So there were two of the scariest and terrifying news stories that we found for you today. I'm Andrew, and I want to thank you for tuning in. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please do check out our exclusive content down in the link below. We have bonus episodes plus a whole library you get access to. And on top of that, we have our Everytown podcast for free that you can check out as well. There are new episodes for that dropping every Friday. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you guys in the next one.